Welcome to Exploring the Ancient Forest. More than 20 years ago, Australian death doom metal band Paramecium released their sophomore album Within the Ancient Forest. The album lyrics were based on the book Within the Ancient Forest, written by Andrew Tompkins, the band's vocalist and bassist. In this podcast, we celebrate and explore the plot, the context, and the symbolic significance of the story behind this piece of classic doom metal history. Hello and welcome to episode 2. I'm about to begin my analysis in which I try to show how the album lyrics line up with the plot of the book. Remember, you can use this podcast as a running commentary. The episode titles will always indicate which chapters of the book are being covered in the analysis, so that you always will have the chance to read along or to wait until you've read the next chapters, whatever you want to use this podcast for. But my analysis also may be of interest to you if you just know the Paramecium lyrics. So today, it's chapters 5 and 6 in the book, which are covered by the first two songs on the album. But first, a little reminder on how to contact me, particularly because I'll be interviewing Andrew Tompkins soon, and I would like to hear what questions you have for Andrew. So on Facebook, it's www.facebook.com slash ancientforestpodcast. On Twitter, the handle is EAF underscore podcast. On Instagram, ancientforestpodcast. Or you can even send an old-fashioned email to ancientforestpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send in voice questions. Why not? And I might find a way to incorporate your own voice into this podcast. Doesn't that sound great? So uh, if you want to uh, submit a voice question, you'll have to upload something. Maybe you can upload a file to SoundCloud or to YouTube and then simply use the um, hashtag ancient forest podcast for that or contact me and tell me where you've uploaded your stuff or just send me an audio file per email should also work and lastly you can find andrew tompkins own website at abtompkins.com okay enough talk let's get into the analysis A quote from Joseph Campbell, taken from the book The Hero's Journey, Joseph Campbell and His Life and Work. You enter the forest at the darkest point where there is no path. Where there is a way or path, it is someone else's path. You are not on your own path. If you follow someone else's way, you are not going to realize your potential. End of quote. The title of the first track is In Exordium, which means in the beginning. As already mentioned, the story actually begins in Medias Res, in the middle of the action. But that has to do with the book only and not with the lyrics, and so it will no longer concern us here. In Exordium marks the beginning of the lyrics, and the forest pool is a good place for the lyrics to begin. The lyrics actually add an interesting twist that is not in the book, for Denial is first presented to us in the third person as an anonymous, cloaked youth of sad temper and sorry virtue, 
and it is only in the last line and really only in the very last word of that line that the perspective shifts to the first person. And I know this story well as one should of he that is I. This presentation of the youth of sad temper and sorry virtue shifts the emphasis away from the knowledge-hungry student of the first chapters of the book and rather introduces denial as the prototypical doom-middle protagonist, weary and heavy-laden with melancholy, Weltschmerz, Sehnsucht, and an assortment of further sentiments with names borrowed from the German romantics. For example, read the lyrics to my dying bride's classic, I cannot be loved, and you will see what I mean. In Exordium is rather an exception among the Within the Ancient Forest lyrics. In addition to the third to first person shift already mentioned, the text is a rather impressionistic description of a moonlit scene with not much happening in it. And it is more about setting an atmosphere than telling a tale. The image of the young man with a falcon gliding across the lake is presented as an idyll of absolute serenity. For all we know, this could happen every night. The young man could be entirely within his element. This could be his boat, his pool, and even his forest, why not? Only toward the end of the song does it become clearer that the traveler is not on familiar grounds, as he waits for sunrise to be able to see more of the surroundings before journeying on. The fact that it is night, and that the moon is present, also points in a similar direction, the moon being an ancient symbol of the uncanny, as well as of change and of fickleness. Oh, and the feminine. To the reader of the book, the forest pool, of course, represents a bit more than just a cold and mysterious place. In the book, the only path through the forest has been cut short by the huge lake, over which there used to be a bridge that has rotted away. This is the place that has made Descartes the horse, representing stern rationalist philosophy, panic. The water thus represents the irrational, the mysterious, the indefinable. The fact that denial gets into the boat and crosses the water represents a leap of faith on his part, a leap into the unknown, out of the sunlight of dry rationalism, into the mysterious light of the moon, which the horse could only perceive as darkness. Like all heroes before him, denial has now crossed the threshold of adventure, as myth-guru Joseph Campbell called this stage in his book The Hero with a Thousand Faces. In a way, even though the journey is only beginning, it begins with denial giving some things up, even though at this stage he is forced to give them up. The path simply stops and the horse simply runs off, leaving him no real choice. In both the book and the lyrics, there is an interesting connection between the forest lake and another pool of water at the very end of the tale, so that in a way, by the end, our protagonist will have come full circle which is actually what happens in every good story to some degree. For now it will be enough to remember that the album begins with the image of denial leaving his old life behind as he floats over a pool of water and the perspective shifts towards his first-person view and culminates in the one word, I. But who is this I? This question brings us to the next song, titled Song of the Ancient. So, here's a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien from his poem, Mythopoeia. The heart of man is not compound of lies, but draws some wisdom from the only wise, and still recalls him. 
And another quote, this time from Alfred Lord Tennyson's Ulysses. I am a part of all that I have met, yet all experience is an arch where through gleams that untraveled world whose margin fades forever and forever when I move. End of quotes. Now, by the beginning of the second track, we find our protagonist wandering in the dim light of dawn, and the amount of light, and thus knowledge, increases over the track. The song that Denial hears Destiny sing before he meets her is the exposition of the mythological underpinning of the world of within the ancient forest, a world that, strangely enough, at first seems as fictional to Denial as to any of us, even though he is a part of it. And we're not. The book contains two lyrical songs, the Song of the Ancient in the sixth chapter and the song sung by the distant voices in the last chapter. Both songs are naturally performed by female voices on the album, and the second track even takes its name from Destiny's song. Although the song itself covers only about half the track, Andrew Tompkins' own vocals being reserved for the frame narration with one short exception. Now, it might be good to remember that at this point, Denial has only lived in the mountain monastery and read books so far. He has never met an immortal, or any female being for all we know, and he does not believe that the sword and sorcery tales he has read are actually the real history of his country. This is about to change with the appearance of Destiny, the beautiful immortal who is crystal clear about the historicity of the legends of Garen. The meaning of her Song of the Ancient is very straightforward. Any line from it can be taken almost at face value. It is the true history of mankind in the world of within the ancient forest, and at the same time it is a version of the Judeo-Christian story about the fall of man, which centers around an old man, representing the human race, who grew up in the hidden lands, representing paradise, but has since lost his original immortality and become not what was intended, through serving the desires of his own heart. This event is even called the fall in the song, and who has exchanged the legendary Garen sword for a wooden staff. Note that old man is also a phrase used by St. Paul to denote fallen corrupt mankind. See Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. For this old man to find redemption would mean for him to find the way back to the hidden lands where the ancient dwells, that is, God. This name might have been borrowed from the book of Daniel chapter 7. However, in order to get there, the old man would first have to rediscover the Garen sword, which for now seems hopelessly lost. This origin myth is coupled with a mystical outlook on reality that could be called symbolist or sacramentalist. Quote, Lives are merely a doorway wherethrough can be expressed the nature of the ancient, the one who abides within the hidden lands. End of quote. In other words, everything that lives in the world is symbolic of the realm to which God the Creator belongs. Nature mirrors supernature. As Plato teaches, there is a higher realm compared to which everything we experience are only pictures and shadows. Man has lost contact with this higher ultimate reality. It is hidden but nevertheless can sometimes catch glimpses of it through assuming that life and lives are capable of expressing this hidden realm. In the words of Tolkien's poem Mythopoeia, man is somewhat capable of moving from mirrored truth towards the true with a capital T. Or to put it differently, the world is a book and therefore a manifestation 
and only one of many possible manifestations of the ideas of its author. The song also establishes a careful contrast between old, implying something that has grown old, decayed, withered, turned gray with age, and ancient, which always refers to God and must therefore mean something more along the lines of ageless or eternal. In the prime of his youth, Denial learns of the existence of immortals and the truth of the tale, and in spite of his young age, he recognizes himself as the old man of the song. Of course, this already implies that it will be his task to find the Garen sword and ultimately the ancient, but destiny will make this clear to Denial in due course. For now, it is enough for Denial to identify himself as the old man. His identification with the old man is hinted at musically by the fact that one single line of the Song of the Ancient is covered by Tompkins' death metal vocals, which are usually reserved for Denial's first-person narration. It is the one line that contains the old man's direct speech. Following Denial's break with rationalism and his nocturnal leap into the more mysterious world of the ancient forest, Destiny the Immortal has now invaded Denial's world and at least emotionally convinced him of the truth in the myth of the ancient and the old man. And something within him has responded to this. He feels the tale to be true, at least on some level. Free will, the falcon representing his intuition, is seen flying high and free above the forest canopy. This is what myths generally do. They let us experience and taste spiritual truths instead of just explaining them to us. At the end of the song, Denial is left pondering, contemplative, and lost in himself, just like the old man in the song. His final thought, Am I even alive? provides a transition into the next track. I've spent my life anticipating so that was it for this week. Please let me know what you think, if you agree or disagree with my interpretations. Keep in mind that the Kindle edition is coming soon, and hear you next week. <laughs>